Hey friends, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Momentum Focus Podcast. As always, whether it is a moment of mindfulness or we're passing the mic to one of our friends, this space um, is your invitation to literally adjust your focus. Um, It's our way of letting you know that we're in it with you, that sometimes thoughts come um, across our minds and our hearts and circumstances come across our lives and situations occur that are out of our control. Um, But God always remains faithful to to say, um, hey, can we have a conversation about that? because his goal is never to shame us. It's just to simply say, can I share my thoughts with you on that and help you to adjust your focus? So as always, this episode is going to do that. At least that's our prayer. Listen in, you might wanna take some notes um, and we'd love to hear from you. So either find us over on Instagram at Momentum Focus or on Facebook, Momentum Focus Leadership, um, or you can save and subscribe and review this podcast. It helps us um, get this in front of more people. Um, and we just want to say thanks and we appreciate y'all for being here um, and being a part of our community. Be blessed. All right, friends, we are back for another episode of the Momentum Focus podcast. And um, if you've been here for a while, or if you are just finding us, um, we've been on a conversation series about women and wellness. What does that look like to take care of yourself, mind, body, and spirit? Or I would even go as far to say spirit, soul, body, finances, and relationships. We haven't talked about finances yet, but they're coming. Um, I probably could have started with that, but I would have scared off half of y'all. So (laughs) I figure we'll back into the finances after we start to talk about the things that we um, tend to respond to quicker. So um, this episode, we are going to dive into the conversation we've been having across our social media platforms, which is core values and setting boundaries. We haven't quite dabbled into the setting boundaries yet um, because I know that that might scare some people like the financial thing, Um, but the core values, I have already seen quite a beautiful response from people either saying, yes, you know, I was either thinking about that or I just finished up a leadership training on what it means to have core values. Um, And even as we've been breaking down what a core value looks like or how to live that out, I've had people send me messages and say, I didn't realize that was a core value. It's just who I've been. It's, it's what I was taught. It's how I've been raised. It's what I've always considered to be important, right? You may not even realize that it's considered a core value um, or that it's called a core value. Uh, it just may be in your DNA, right? Um, So today's conversation, we're going to dive in there and just really talk about what that looks like in the work of being well. Um, 
what it looks like for you, because I don't believe there's a uh, one size fits all method or formula uh, to being well. Um, and as always, whatever we talk about on this conversation, like I'm not going to ask you to do something I did not put myself through. So um, today I have with me a guest that I, in full transparency, stumbled on her work through the Abide app that I've shared with y'all before. Um, it's the prayer and meditation app. Um, they often use Lectio Divina as the rhythm for meditation. And there was an entire series that she did um, through the work of mental health and mental wellness and applying biblical principle and prayer and meditation. And that was when I fell in love with the Abide app. Um, and I've already confessed to her that some of what she posts on Instagram, I have to swipe by it really fast after she starts talking because I feel like she read my mail and I love her for it. And I also <laughs> cringe when I'm like, oh, she's getting ready to tell me something. But this is why I have her here. Because if you know me, I love to be honest with you and help you to get better, not just feel better. And that's why she's here. So I'm going to pass this mic over to my guest and let her introduce herself, and then we will get into this conversation. So tell the people who you are. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's Brittany Moses here, and I'm so grateful to be joining y'all on this podcast. Man, just hearing about core values and boundaries and all the conversations that are taking place are all things that I'm deeply passionate about. So I'm definitely in the right place at the right time. Yeah. So tell us, Brittany, um, like I said, I came across your work through the Abide app. Mm -hmm. um, tell our listeners uh, what you do, um, how you got connected with that work, um, and what you're doing right now in that capacity. Yeah. So a lot of the work that I do is at the intersection of faith and mental health really around uh, public contribution, speaking, writing, um, being able to speak both in the community and in, in the church, raising awareness about mental health and mental health education. And that comes just from both uh, lived experience and from just being around the experience of others and, work, and walking with other stories. So, you know, I was born and raised in the church and, had a falling away and a coming back and, you know, in my late teens and, you know, I was serving in the church for years, I would say for the past decade, specifically in youth and young adult ministry. And what I was coming across time and time again were severe mental health crises, people in severe psychological distress, people who love the Lord, who knew scripture, who did all the Christian things and were still struggling at the depths of their mind. And, I felt like we were missing some some comprehensive understanding of all the factors that work with mental health. But I had also struggled severely with mental health myself. I experienced severe anxiety after becoming a newly single mom in my early 20s and essentially going through temporary homelessness, sleeping on a friend's couch to rebuilding my life with my son, going back to school. Um, and when I went back to school, I actually was able to go back, go to UCLA to study psychology and do clinical research. And that grew me in a tremendous way. 
because I was just trying to seek to understand a little bit more about mental health and what were we missing? What were we missing in the church? What was I missing in my understanding and how I support myself and others? And that just kind of led to uh, everything that I'm doing now from writing and blogging about mental health to speaking to podcasting and partnerships like with the Abide app where I've been able to really come into these spaces that maybe don't focus on mental health but have a heart for it and add value and education and content to what they're doing so that they are creating space for that and so that's something i was able to do with abide Mm -hmm. and this is yeah this is what i love uh social media is kind of my my thing where i mostly get to talk about it i love it because coming from an academic setting that can be very you know, uh, they just shape you in a certain way when it comes to research and you're going to take this path. This is the path that you go down. You're either a therapist, psychologist, a researcher. Um, I like the idea of, well, I want to be the person who kind of bridges the gap between the academic setting and the everyday setting and making this information and this conversation accessible, entertaining, Mm -hmm. relatable. And so that's what I get to do online. And I always tell people, you know, my studies gave me the the knowledge, um, the language, but it's my experience that really gave the depth of understanding. So both together, I feel have over time giving me a more complete view. And that's just really been a blessing. Yeah, no, I love it. I was just kind of jotting down a couple of things as you were talking and, and I love knowing that you've allowed your lived experience to help shape the work that you're doing with other people. Um, Cause again, like I knew when I came across your Instagram feed and some of the videos that you um, have shared, the relatability was what drew me in um, to, to the degree that I'm like, she doesn't know. She don't know me. (laughs) Like you can get out of my business now. You know what I mean? But that's, I think that's what even, I don't know, like, even as I looked for a counselor myself, like I wanted to know, like, are they going to relate to my life or is it just textbook knowledge? So I think that that's refreshing to know that you allow that. Cause I think sometimes, and there's a, there's a thin line between like our work and our life and You know what I mean? Like you're not going to cross that line, but the lived experience that you allow yourself to share with others, I think shows the both compassion and empathy Mm. to not just flip through the page and say, what page was that scenario on, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and not that there will be every single scenario that you've lived, but empathy is empathy you know? And that, that is the reason I said, I got, I have to get her on here because, um, like we have used the hashtag adjust your focus Mm. or the podcast. And I remember talking to, um, my girlfriend that we do ministry together through momentum. And we were saying like, I don't want people to think that we're shaking our fingers saying, adjust your focus. Right. It's saying, no, like, hey, come listen really quick, because we've talked about some things that will help you to adjust your focus, you know, Um, and it's that lived experience that it may not be me, it may not be 
my ministry sister, Raina, but the people that we're bringing across this platform potentially have lived what mm-hmm. our listeners have lived. Um, and so they have some insight to share with you. Um, one of the things that you talked about that I do want to speak to that I don't think we've ever had a chance to really address is uh, parenting, especially where it comes to mm. establishing core values and reminding yourself of your core values, both the, the parenting and you allowing yourself to go back to school mm-hmm. to get to where you are. And it's not like parenting stopped happening <laughs> as you went through right. school. Right. <laughs> Um, and I resonate with that because I was a single parent while I was in college. So uh-huh. I, I know that so well. Um, so let, let's kind of camp there for a second. Um, even you mentioned about the anxiety of being a new single mom and going through college. Um, let's talk to that mother, because even if she is no longer a single mom, mm-hmm there's still some, like, she's still there as she's reestablishing her and adjusting her focus. There's still some single mom in her that needs to be spoken to. So Mm -hmm. um, let's go there and talk about, uh, I don't know, I'm gonna let you talk, go for it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, um, yeah, I went, I, I had my son at 18 years old and I got married really young to my son's father, thinking that is the next thing to do to, to make it right, right? <laughs> um, and that that kind of all hit the fan. He decided to go another way with his life. I kind of summarize it that way to be respectful of him and where him and my son's journey could end up in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but he decided to go a different way with his life. I became a newly single mom. And that was around the time, yeah, that I had a severe struggle with anxiety uh, because I was experiencing a lot of loss, you know, a lot of loss of expectation of what I thought my life was going to be, feelings of failure because the marriage didn't work out, um, had to give up my home at the time because I couldn't afford rent anymore as a single parent, staying on my friend's couch, just a lot of ambiguity around where I was going in life, you know. Um, but I had, I had still been serving in ministry at the time and I was still supporting others. I was still walking with others. I was still serving with youth and young adults. And so I did know that I was passionate about people. And I did know that I was curious about understanding what was going on with heck, all of our mental health, (laughs) you know, and I, I started picking up every book that I could find about mental health. I was renting it from the library at the time. I would stay up at night taking notes like I was in school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, eventually I moved back home uh, to stay with my mom, to save up money and be able to have extra help with my son while I was going to school and rebuild myself mentally, physically, emotionally, reestablish myself, reestablish those core values, um, right? What is my life founded on? What do I believe about myself even when the things around me aren't going as planned and everything is shifting, you know, and and shape shifting around me, you know? Um, And so 
was able to, yeah, go back to school. Of course, that was a bit intimidating. There's a lot, there were a lot of intimidating steps within that, you know, I wasn't a great student in high school. I was too social. I ran my mouth too much. <laughs> I basically went to school to see my friends. Um, and I, I hadn't, I had now been out of school for like 10 years. I hadn't taken a test or written a long form paper in years. So I had no idea what I was capable of. Uh, but I just took one step at a time, took one course at a time. I said, you know what, I'm just going to start with one course and make the most of that. And then the next semester, I'm going to take another course. Okay, add in two courses. And I ended up going through um, my AA program, getting a being a 4.0 honor student. And that was just like, okay, okay, I, I can do this. I'm graced for this. And then uh, got to then go to UCLA and everything that I said mentioned there, being able to study and do research and that expanded me exponentially. But what you said about the lived experience part, that was everything, you know, because my life was not linear. Um, it never has been linear. It never has been the traditional route. My life never looked like my peers around me. Um, but it was right for me because when I went through school, I had already so much lived experience in ministry, working with people, um, with family dynamics, um, with what was going on with me and getting help for my mental health, that by time I went to school to study psychology, I already had so many experiences and examples that I could tie that textbook information to that were real to me. So a lot of the concepts, the psychological concepts made sense to me. Um, they, they made a lot of sense to me. They clicked for me. I understood it. I grasped it. I could picture it. So I would say my lived experience actually added um, and made my academic experience what it was to where I was able to digest the information in a real and lived way. And looking back at that now, I'm like, okay, like everything happened in its timeline and its way for, for a reason. Yeah. Uh, when I used to question God, why am I going through so much by age 25? Why is my life in constant just upheavals and trials and loss? And, you know, it just felt like it was just one battle after the other. And I look back and I'm like, that pruned me. It shaped me. It shaped my character. It shaped how I relate to people. It gave me depth, understanding, and, uh, and it, it's all worth it now. Yeah, no, it just, it reminds me, I remember learning years ago, um, Beth Moore said, you know, you have these moments in your life where this thing happened and you, like, you look back and you see that God was working even through the thing, right? And it, in the moment, you're like, this is bizarre. This has nothing. God's not in it. I don't know where he, I think you you me, right? And yeah. she said, but you look back and you can see this beautiful mold, like you said, molding and shaping where then you're able to start stringing these moments together. Yeah. And they're like pearls of wisdom that then you could even potentially pass down to the next generation, right? Like you think of like a strand of pearls from like a grandmother to a granddaughter and yeah. we never know when God is going to use it and who he's going to use it with or we may drop one pearl 
that then someone else grabs and they can string on their strand. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you may not hand the entire strand over, but I don't, you know what I mean? Like it just, absolutely. because even just as you were talking, um, I'm flashing back to my own life of like, oh, wow. Okay. That's why I was able to take that scenario and it works now, you know, 28 years later and, you know, and I know without a doubt, um, and even just hearing you talk and I not even knowing your own life and story, you, you can hear, mm-hmm. you can hear that the dots have all connected. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a girlfriend that I mentor in different capacities and I'll tell her, well, have you, I'll ask her, have you connected the dot yet? And she's like, there's no dot, Amia, there's no dot. And I'm like, there's a dot, just keep watching. Like it's gonna, it right now it just feels like particles, but it's gonna come together and then you'll make the connection it could be years later. It could be years. Just, yeah, that's the reality. It could be years later back in the whole, you have the whole hindsight is 2020 for a reason, right? Right. Right. Um, there was something that you talked about as you were kind of sharing, um, just the process of parenting. And, um, I love that you talked about the, the intimidation of starting over. Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned that when things started to change, it allowed you to literally sit with who am I and what do I really believe? And I know that just the women that I've talked to in the last year, set aside 2020, in the last year, we've been trying to figure out who we are because so much of our lives have changed, whether it's the result of what we went through in 2020 or the reality of maybe there's an internal shift that Mm. things we were hoping for, we realize that's not actually what I want. You know what I mean? Um, So we're trying to reestablish who am I? What is it that I really do want? And I don't want to look like everybody else. And I don't know if that's okay. Um, so I, I would love to talk about just that. Like, how do you reestablish your core values when what you thought you had is no longer? How do you come back to that? Yeah. Right. And that is the, uh, that is the sensitivity of loss and change. It kind of puts you in a state that you probably, that you may not have reflect on or connected with otherwise, you know, when we're going, going, when we're productive, we're on the mountaintop, uh, we're not slowing down as much to connect with ourselves and what we actually think, feel, believe and what our convictions are because we're in reaction all the time. And then you go through something like pain, like loss, like heartbreak, like a global pandemic where you're forced to sit down somewhere. Um, and you, what happens is you then kind of become detached from what you do and what you produce. Because what we do often just in human nature is we define ourselves by what we do. And I think especially as women, by who we are to others you know, as a mother, as a friend, as a sister, as a whatever it is, a lot of times we define ourselves and how valuable we are by what we have to offer and how valuable we are to others instead of that inherent worth and value of just existing in our being because God called and purposed us before a single day of our life had passed, right? We didn't do anything to earn that, right? And 
So for me, when I was going through so much change and transition, what it almost for forces you to do is find that foundation in yourself and God in your life where you're like, even when things are changing around me, who am I? You know, what do I believe? What are my convictions? I feel like at this point in my life, I'm, you know, that Philippian scripture with Paul where he's like, I've learned to live with and I've learned to live without, you know? And it's like, I've seen who I am with and I've seen who I am without. And that has given me the confidence of knowing um, where my grounding is. I, like I'm okay with or without. I'm okay when things are shifting around me because the circumstances don't change who I am and what is fundamental to me um, and how I respond to life and respond to others. And that's really what it, it, it forced me to do. So like I said earlier, I served in ministry a lot. And even to this day, it's something I, it's a slippery slope for me. I just, I love to serve. I love to uh, go out of my way to do everything for others and make their lives better and be there. I'm that person. But then when I was going through a, that season of healing, God told me to basically like, this is a season to heal. So to just receive, to just slow down, to rebuild my health mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And so that meant I was no longer serving. Um, so I didn't, those things, those material and external things that I would, I think typically use to define myself, whether I mean to or not, were gone. <laughs> so I had to spend some months um, and really that year just like, uh, I did a lot of journaling. I did a lot of journaling about, you know, what are my gifts? You know, what am I passionate about? What are qualities that are strengths of mine? You know, um, what do I, what are my core values? What are things I stand for? What are the things I live for? Like, it's just such a great exercise, I think, just to even, I made a lot of lists. That's what I did. I just yeah. made a lot of lists, just reconnecting me with myself. Even things like, you know, what were red flags that I looked in my last relationship? Uh, what did, what were, you know, things that I struggled with that I need to heal and grow from that I learned from my last relationship? Um, so I did a lot of that. I did a lot of self-discovery. Um, I took myself out on a lot of dates <laughs> just to see, get reacquainted with what I love uh, because I had been with my ex since I was 16 years old. I had my son at 18 years old. I was married by like 2021 and I was serving. So looking back, I, I didn't really have that time to even know who I was because I was a mother so fast. I was a wife so fast and I was serving and that's not a bad thing necessarily, but I think what a lot of young moms or single moms can find is that um, you don't leave, a, you don't have a lot of space or you haven't taken that time to just seek yourself as an individual. Mm -hmm. And so that time of become a single, becoming a single mom forced me to do that. Um, through therapy, through journaling and what have you. And that just, I just got so clear about myself to the point where it was like the next relationship I'm in, I will know whether or not that's gonna work because I know myself now, you know? Um, I know what I like and I don't like. I know, you know, what I'm skilled at and where I can grow. And there's a lot of confidence that comes from that. 
simply because I am reconnected to myself, my convictions, my values, um, my thoughts and emotions, something I had been disconnected from for so long. Mm -hmm. And that that's, that's been empowering. And it, it changed entirely who I just am as a person. I look at myself 10 years ago and I'm like, and I'm sure many of us do, like that's a completely different person <laughs> yeah it's funny because a friend of mine posted I think it was during 2020 because that graduating class didn't have like wow. the whole yeah. senior year experience people were posting their senior photos saying here's who I was and I'm still her but I'm not her yeah. <laughs> you know like and it's wild that you can look at a photo yep and you're like, oh man. It almost feels disassociative because you're like, right. I, see me. I see my face. But, but that's not me. <laughs> different person than that person in the photo. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, and it's, it's interesting. Even I was read, I bought this book recently. You had talked about making lists. I bought a book of lists, mm -hmm. like yeah. all the different lists that you can make. And okay. I'm not a lister. So like, it's a stretch for me to make a list. I can brain dump and mind map, but like a, a linear list is like, this is so boring. Why are we listing? So I'm going to take that. I'm knowing you, I completely see that. I told, I can, I get that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm not making lists. There, there are no lists. Um, but so I took the list and instead of making it, you know, one long running thing, I just brain dumped on a piece of paper, like with every color of pen I could find. Um, but I, I did that with a photo because one of the uh, journaling prompts, you're talking about journaling, one of the journaling prompts was to pull out an old photo mm -hmm. and then list, I forget what the category was, but list based off of that photo. Hmm. because you had memories attached to it yes. you had emotions attached to it you could relive the experience even to bring you back to finding the blessing mm -hmm. of you know I me mean? because sometimes we can get trapped in our current situation whether good bad or indifferent and yeah. forget the gifts that we've had yeah. and the people that are in our lives and even as so many of us are coming in and out of seasons and episodes of grieving, mm -hmm. I've been doing that. I've been pulling out like old school photo albums, the kind that you yeah. peel the page back and the photos are like adhered right. to the paper. Um, pulling them out to just relive, um, even just even as you were talking of like taking yourself out on a date, like I love that idea. Even, mm -hmm. just even now I mean I'm married and have three children that are in college and I'm like I want to date myself to see what I still enjoy because I don't even know <laughs> you know what do I love or did I love that because my family loved it or did I love it because it's what you do when you've got three kids in middle school like you know what I mean like right. um, I those right there are just I'm going to put those in the show notes, just some like bullets of like, Hey, consider doing these things. But there was something else, something that you said a moment ago that I yeah. drew a circle around it. Um, oh, you're talking about the, um, Paul's declaration of, I know what it's like to be with, I know what it's mm -hmm. like to be without. Um, and I wrote here with or without, I am grounded. Yeah. That affirmation. Yeah. 
in and of itself could be a list yeah of like because like as I was preparing for this conversation not just ours but the ongoing conversation of what does it mean to have a core value because the that phrasing um is tossed around of go back to your core values and if you don't know right what a core value even is yeah. right like you hear of companies they create their mission statements and their core right. values and they're usually like catchy and three key words and you're like I don't even know where do I begin but even as you were talking um and you said you know consider your gifts and what are you passionate about and then when you said take yourself on a date to see what you actually enjoy then yeah. it clicked like to 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 really kind of parallel the Paul's statement and going on a date like to compare those two, not to compare, but like, I've never heard of before. So I'm ready for this. Right. So here's where my mind, my mind's like the, (laughs) just like put me in front of a blank canvas and let me just add it, you know, but to parallel those two, not comparison. Right. And a friend of mine shed light on this. She's a, she's a STEM teacher. So her brain works Mm -hmm. with like math and science where I'm the art teacher. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and every time I kept saying, you know, the parallel of those things, she's like, Amia, a parallel is a road. She's like, it runs the same way. <laughs> right. She's like, they go the same direction. Yeah. So go that path. Mm. Don't keep thinking they're in opposition and you have to choose one or the other. They're going in the same direction. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, I never saw that. So with that in mind, yeah, you've got Paul's declaration of, I know how to do this. Totally paraphrasing, Paul, with all due respect. I know how to do this because I now know who I am. Yeah, with or without. With or without. And then you've got on the other side of the road, not on opposition of it, but in the same direction, I am going to take myself out on a date to see what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. It's this path of permission. Yep, path of permission. And that's where you find core values. Yeah. And, you know, I would love to add on to the, just the whole idea of core values. Cause that, that topic itself gets me super excited as someone who discovered it after going through like all this breakdown rock bottom. And, and I think that's a great place to discover core values actually right. um, not fun at the time, but <laughs> right. um, when I think about core values, you know, I always tell people, what you say, what you recite, what you quote, that's what you know, Hmm. but your choices, your behaviors, that's what you believe, Hmm. right? That's what your core beliefs are. So we see this happen all the time with like self-sabotage and we'll just use relationships for an example. We know you should have a man who treats you right, who respects you, who will be faithful to you, will be kind to you, right? You know that, but because of your experience, because of your lived experience, because a lot of our beliefs come from our experience, what we believe about life in ourselves is that framework is shaped by our experiences and what our experiences have taught us about ourselves and our reality. Mm -hmm. So whether we were raised seeing dysfunctional relationships or raised seeing heartbreak, or let's just say failed marriage or abandonment or whatever it is, 
um, sometimes underlyingly subconsciously, our core belief about ourselves is actually that that type of love or relationship is not possible for us because we've never seen it or we're not worth choosing or we're not lovable because that's what our reality has taught us. And so even though we can say with our mouths what our core, what a core value and belief should be, what our actions show is what we actually believe. So if we keep picking someone who is abusive or picking someone who is destructive or staying with someone who we know isn't treating us right, that's actually what our core belief is. And that stings. <laughs> that yeah. stings because it's like, who right because what you choose the choices you make they tell you what you actually believe about yourself and what you believe you deserve and what you believe about who you are and the life that you're called to Mm. your choices and actions will reflect and tell you what you actually believe your words are just what you know Mm. and what you know you should say so how would someone that And I think most of us could relate to whether it would be relational because I'm like nodding in agreement profusely like, oh, yes, I can look back. Right. Whether it's the the choosing of the dysfunctional relationship after relationship or choosing the dysfunctional behavior activity. Right. Could be anything. Substance, anything, whatever. Right. How do you reframe yeah, that belief system, right? Because if it, if, and I know that it is directly connected to what you believe you are worth. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately I, I, I know, well, I won't say I know, cause that's a bold statement, but I, I believe that there are some of us that think that's just who I am. I can't change. It's not possible. It's what I've, it's all I ever do. I don't know how to do different right how do you how do you change that how do you reframe the belief yeah you know yeah and and awareness is always the first step because you can't change what you're not aware of right if you are just uh a lot of times we will react to those dysfunctions because they are familiar they're our tendency because they're what we're familiar with and what we believe about ourselves or what our experiences are right Mm -hmm. and so one is awareness. So like I said, I made a lot of lists. So there at one point, I remember after my divorce, I think I journaled about every single relationship I had ever been up to, into up to that point. Like I just hashed it out. It was like, what, what is my pattern? Like, what do I keep choosing? What is the character of the type of person I keep choosing? And when I am ending up with someone, is it out of a place of intentional choice or is it out of reaction because they're giving me attention or they're familiar or whatever it is nine times out of ten i was just reacting instead of actually deciding if this was something good for me or not because i was never thinking about what was good for me i was always thinking about if i was good enough for this person and so that's a big shift um right instead of going oh is this person going to see me worth loving enough or committing to enough? What about me? Is this person a good fit for me? Is this a good choice for me? Is this healthy for me? And pausing and having that intention and distinction before going into the next thing. I never had that process. And I realized that after journaling everything. So yeah, I was making choices out of 
out of reaction, you know. Um, so once I started making myself aware of what my tendencies were, what my habits were, where my what my patterns were, then I had to go deeper and say, why is this my tendency? Like, why is this my habit? And why do I believe this? You know, um, well, the reason why I was bouncing around to unhealthy relationships is because I had never seen a healthy relationship in my immediate experience. So I figured that it wasn't something that would ever happen for me. Just to fast forward, I'm actually engaged in getting married in two months to the best man ever. He is he is the best of them. Congratulations. Um, so it is possible. <laughs> but the reason why that happened is because I had to shift my entire beliefs and my tendencies and my habits. So first thing is awareness. Once I was aware, like, oh, this is what I do. Like, <laughs> this is what I choose. And this is my pattern. Um, that awareness in itself gave me a conviction to say, okay, this is what I will no longer choose. This is what I will no longer tolerate. Um, I, this is, I would kind of, again, make lists about the type of relationship that I would want for myself and I would write about it. Um, and so that was, that awareness piece was a big piece because now I'm no longer living on autopilot, right? Mm -hmm. Now I'm no longer living out of reaction. Now I'm living out of awareness. So um, I had come to this place now where I had gotten to a piece for myself in my own life. I'm in school, I'm working, it's me and my son, we're doing fine. Anyone else who comes into the picture is going to have to add to it. They cannot take away, they cannot drain uh, what we've built, they cannot tear down what we've built because we've gotten to this place. So they are gonna have to add. And because I've gotten to this place of peace with God and myself and discovering that I can be alone with myself Amen. Hallelujah. Because I had never been alone. I was with my ex since I was 16. Mm. I can be alone with myself and with God and my son and be okay. So now anybody else that comes into the picture, I am going to intentionally choose because it's really not even love unless it's a choice. If it's not a choice, it's a reaction. And is a reaction really love? You know, if you can say, I can do with or without this person, but I choose this person um, because I love them, you know, um, that's big. So wow. I had, so it was really being aware of my patterns of my actual core beliefs, like, oh, I choose this because I have a fear of marriage. I settle because I don't believe there is anything good out there. <laughs> like actually learning, oh, these are my actual core beliefs. Yeah. Because these are my, what my actions are showing. Um, so how now do I want to choose differently? Who is the person that I want to be now that I know how that I've been? And from here on, I'm only going to choose people or make choices, whether it's a relationship or lifestyle choice that align with the person that I want to be the health, I call it the healthy Brittany, <laughs> that I'm going to make choices that the healthy Brittany would make. And then as you're making those choices, and your life transforms around it, then you do become that person because now this is a practice and practice is what makes perfect, right? And so we like to throw the scripture in Romans, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I always like to shout, how? <laughs> how right. does it work? That sounds great, but how? 
Well, it's, it's through practice. You know, you've practiced the way that you are for so long. You've practiced these thoughts for so long. You've practiced these types of relationships for so long. It is embodied at this point. Well, mm -hmm. now you have to shift and practice a new way of being, especially if you've never seen it before. Maybe you're a first generation college student, or maybe your parents have, you've never seen a healthy marriage, or maybe you've never seen financial freedom or whatever it is because you've never seen it. That's now a limiting belief. You often believe that you can only go as far as what you've seen because that's all you've had exposure to. But the more that you begin to expose yourself to new ways of being, whether it means I'm going to see a financial expert or I'm going to date healthy men, you know, and I'm going to know my boundaries and convictions and not entertain things outside of that. Or, you know, I'm going to speak with a college counselor and tour the campus to get exposure of what it could be like to go to school as a first gen student exposure. You have awareness, then you have you need exposure to something new to something outside of what you've lived an example of where you're trying to be. And then you you live that in practice, you walk into that space and as you're in that space. Um, it reaffirms who you are and the person that you're becoming and that growth takes place. And that's how you're transformed, you know? And I mean, like, I just want to shout yes and amen to all of that <laughs> because I was trying to jot down some of what you said and I just was like, stop taking notes. You can go back and listen to the podcast. <laughs> but it just, and that like literally for anybody that just heard all of that and said, man, that was good, go back rewind listen and take your own notes but the key thing is to expose yourself to what it is because mm. everything that you've just said like i know like i'm taking notes for myself because there's some things that i know i want to do and that that point of exposing yourself to what you actually want to see in your own life yes. is huge huge because, huge and that's what that's what triggered the yes and amen because um I like, we all know the saying hurt people hurt people, but here I have constantly remind people, but free people, free people. Amen. Because, and I didn't know that until I saw what it looked like to live free. Yeah. And then I knew, oh, I want that. How can you know something you haven't seen? Right. If you don't right. know it's possible. I was, I always tease my husband, like I didn't know that college was possible for me because right. I would have been first generation from my parents. Right? right. Right. I didn't know that it was possible. I knew people went to college. Yeah. And, you know, it's I a thing. Of, right. I knew <laughs> of people that went to college. I had yeah. family members, like cousins that went to college, but they all left our town and didn't come back. So it was like, what happens when you go to college? Like, you know what I mean? Like no one had talked to us. And I still remember a guidance counselor saying, that's a great idea or a great goal, but let's consider something else for you. Mm -hmm. She didn't say why she just didn't make it possible for me. Mm. Right. And, and so I look back and now like the work that I get to do in mentoring young girls, I want them to know, I know I want them to know what's possible. And if I don't have it as a lived experience, I'm going to put you in front of someone who does. Someone who does. Yeah. Right? And, and I'm, my brain is like all the possibilities right now of like, 
I just want to see it done so that then I know that it is an option, you yeah. know, what I mean? and then make the list and figure out which part is mine and which was like, oh, that's great yeah. for them. But one thing that you, um, man, so many things. When you said, is this a reaction or is this really love? Mm-hmm. That, oh, could be a whole other episode. <laughs> and it's so- yeah, I was like, oh, my whole life was a series of reactions. I never actually intentionally chose a thing. <laughs> that was like, for me, it was like, I have been in autopilot on autopilot survival reaction mode my whole life. And that is why my life is amounted to what it is. And I want to change the trajectory. Yeah. That means that I need to be intentional about all my steps and make sure it's uh, what my steps are aligning with where I want to go and who I believe I'm called to be yeah. and not slowing down. That means being connected to myself so that when something pops up that is not aligned with who I am or where I know or believe God has called me, um, then I can say no. That's yes, <laughs> right. Not aligned, right? So, but how can you know what's aligned with you if you don't know yourself? Yeah, I mean, the freedom in that alone, even for the the heart that's still healing from the broken relationships or from making life choices that were less than pleasant that you know you carry the shame and the guilt and the why can't i figure my life out right to know yes there's the responsibility of the awareness of what were my patterns there's the responsibility of um even patterns that have been put into practice right because that have that were negative because so many people say consistency is key. I'm like, not necessarily. Cause if you're consistently going in the wrong direction, <laughs> not unlocking anything, <laughs> it's right, taking right, you down right. the same path of destruction, right? Like the scripture that says there's a way that seems right, but the end of that road is destruction. Seems right to man. But... Right. And this, yeah. like what you've just mapped out, and I'm going to call that the path of permission, like, mm. no, to know that we have permission to do it right mm-hmm. and to do it well and to do it with our best interests at heart because God wants the best for us. Um, and I mean, what a gift to be able to pause and know. I was listening to a message the other day and it said, isn't it amazing that God is the God of like a hundred million chances. Yeah, literally. Right. I, I literally have a hundred million in my short life time right. up to this point. <laughs> right. He's not like three strikes and you're out that we get yeah. to come back and begin again. Mm-hmm. And not, he doesn't shame us when we come and say, I don't know how to do this. In fact, it says in James that he generously gives us the wisdom to understand what comes next yeah that just made me think of hebrews where he says you know he tells us to come to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy in our time of need that's like one of my favorite verses because it's just this picture of like it's open arms come so you can receive the mercy come so you can receive the grace Mm -hmm. in your time of need so you can turn around I was just telling my younger brother the other day you can decide at any moment at any point in your life that that you want to evolve like you can decide to evolve whether that's changing directions um 
or changing the type of person you want to be. Like at any point in your life, you are allowed to decide this is not the person I want to be anymore. And this is the person that I choose to be. So I'm going to walk in that way and practice. It won't be perfect, but I'm going to put one foot in front of the other um, so that I am leading down that path. Mm. And so just letting people know that, because I think we think, oh, I've been this way for so long. Like you said earlier, that this is just who I am. It's like at any point in your life, you can decide. Uh, You're always going to be yourself. You're always going to carry your human experience, and that's always going to shape you. But you can decide a different direction for your life. And I'm 1000% a witness of that. My life right now looks completely different than it did 10 years ago. And praise God when you don't look like what you've been through, right? (laughs) Like people have no idea. They're like, oh, you were homeless on your friend's couch and a single mom. And, you know, you were, you had severe anxiety and you couldn't eat or sleep. You dropped to 100 pounds and you had to rebuild your mental, physical, emotional health. And now you're talking about mental health publicly. You're writing like, who, like, I look back, I'm like, who, who does that? Like, you know, God does that. God does that. so just know, um, I think we almost kind of created a formula here on this podcast. <laughs> and I know we're not like, I'm not a big one for formulas. I'm like you, I'm a creative, but like it's the self-awareness, which leads to now you're, you're self-aware of how you've been, how you were. Now you expose yourself to who you want to be um, and other people who are in the space and living uh where you feel called to so that you have that representation you have that experience and that exposure so that you can see it's possible and then you begin to walk in that way and that literally is like the path of transformation yeah so if you like i said earlier it's like if you want to I, I, I mean, it's like if I still to this day, I'm doing it right. Like I'm like, how come nobody ever told you how to do your taxes in school or, you right. know, just financial things. I'm now on this track where it's like, OK, I never really had my parents did fine. You know, they were kind of middle class African-American family, inner city, L.A. We were fine. Um, but as a single mom who had to rebuild my life and figure out my relationship with money, I realized I just had a bad relationship with money, you know, because I was just always trying to survive, you know, and then once you have it's like okay now I need to learn how to manage or I want to learn how to invest I want to learn how to make my money make money or I want to learn. Um, how to what's my tr- you know retirement so guess what me and my fiance sat down with some financial advisors to talk about options and what a plan could look like for us financially going forward i had to give myself that exposure to experts and people who already have this understanding and awareness so i can begin to walk in a different way than what i've known so that just goes for literally anything in life whether you want to start public speaking or you want to write a book or you want to start a podcast or you want to become more financially savvy or you want a healthy relationship well go you know befriend and sit with that couple that has a healthy relationship that you admire and learn from them go to the financial advisors and workshops and find out you know go to a nutritionist and find out how to develop a new relationship with food in your body give yourself that exposure so that now you can see and understand what's possible and how to integrate it in your life in a work, way that works for you. You begin to walk it out. And now you're, you're, you're shifting into becoming the person you wanna be, right? And now you're on that trajectory of where you wanna go. Um, so 
that yeah, I think man. awareness, exposure, and practice. One, two, yeah. three. Right. right. I have to trademark that now today. <laughs> right. So I'm saying, I'm like, this is a book waiting to happen because <laughs> I mean, like, I'm so grateful that just, and I love that when you first started talking and you said, you know, you've tried to let your lived experience allow you to be both accessible and relatable because being accessible is one thing, but being relatable makes it tangible right, and possible because I am like, oh, wow. And I love just the, you kept it so conversational that look, I'm writing a review talking to you. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's a review, but just the steps were so conversational that they didn't feel like steps. And it doesn't feel, right. I didn't, I don't feel like we just offered people, um, here are the three tools for you to live your life like mine from rags to riches, right? Yeah. Like, no, there are no carbon copies here. And we used to say when, when God first asked us to do this work, yeah. Um, through momentum focus, he just said, there's no blueprint, mm. but there's a treasure map. And I'm going to show you the people who hold the gold that you are trying to discover. Mm. So what you've just shared about the exposure, like, I feel like that, that we just opened up a treasure chest. Yeah. Totally unplanned. I didn't know I was going to talk about, I've never put these into three steps before y'all. So I'm just saying like, well, there you go. Totally organic. Uh, God is good. I love it. I'm telling you, like, I'm going to make the with or without I am grounded. That's going to be my affirmation. Just that's it right there. I say that a lot because the reason why a lot of people have anxiety, including myself is because we tie so much to our external experience and we base ourselves off of our external experience. You know, like I'm only happy if I have this amount in my bank account, or I'm only doing well if I'm getting this many likes or if I have this many followers, or, you know, I only have peace when, you know, there's no troubles. Well, all of that is very subjective. It's very like, all of that can change. So it's like, if the moment that any of those things shift, are you, do you shift with it? Are you lost with it? Because mm -hmm. that means you're grounded in external things that are changing, right? And, and that you'll never have peace that way. You're gonna be an emotional roller coaster. And I think after going through so many emotional roller coasters, it was like, mm, this is not a way to live. <laughs> I'm up, I'm down, I'm all around, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. And that forced the grounding. I know who I am. I know who God calls me to be. And I know where I'm going, um, regardless of what is changing around me. I think once you get to that place, you're free. Yeah. Amen. Whew. Okay. I'm going to stop there because otherwise <laughs> I'll keep going and we just keep talking. Um, so y'all, I'm going to put all the ways to find Brittany in the show notes. So be sure and go there to find them. Um, I know that you are working on a book. I don't know when that book is yeah, coming. But publishing June, July. Sorry, I have a wedding in June 26th and then a book release in July 26th. Oh my so goodness. I'm trying not to mix them up. Um, Y'all can come to a wedding though. <laughs> 
uh, drop by. Um, but the book is called Worthy 50 Mindful Moments to Bring Clarity and Peace to Your Day. It's actually very related to everything that we're talking about today. Uh, it releases on July 26th. It has mental health tracker in it, little journals, journaling areas in it um and everything it's a devotional style and it's published by dayspring so check that out i'm so excited for it it's the book that i would have wanted to read in these seasons that we were just talking about yeah uh, so. oh i love that i love it i yeah i probably have way too many <laughs> you can never have too many journals never too many devotionals so agree go there um, well, yeah, I will get all the ways for y'all to stay in touch with uh, Brittany. And I, like I said, I'm really grateful for you saying yes to having this conversation. Um, and I'm honored that you are sharing what you're doing um, with the world in very easy to digest ways because even I was looking and I'm going I'm to stop because I'll keep going. Um, I was just kind of skimming through your Instagram, um, over just the last couple of months, knowing that I, that we were having this conversation tonight. Mm. And I, I sent a text to a friend and was like, I'm, I'm about to have an interview with someone that I'm probably going to throw up when we're done talking because, oh my gosh, <laughs> like it's that I get to like share this space with you. It's just humbling because I'm proud of what you're doing. And I'm proud of the fact that you, as a former single mother, mm -hmm. you're not afraid to share that part of your process with people. Um, and I want to, see, I want to see women that are still in that lived experience know that they are worthy and valued as they are, not yeah. when you get married or if you get married, but because of who you are. Period. Point blank. Period. period as they right. say. Right. Right. <laughs> As my daughter daughter says, then that's on period. <laughs> that's on period. As you are. As you are. So I am grateful. I'll stop. I'm done talking. I just gave you like the Baptist pastor forecloses. <laughs> so, all right, y'all. I do hope that this episode did exactly what we try to do. Um, and like I said, it's not a finger wagging, adjusting your focus, but I, I pray that you pulled out your journal and that you took some notes and that it does require that you have to go back and take more notes. But more importantly is that you put this work into practice and not circle back and say, Amia, how'd you do this? Or not circle back and, and send Brittany a DM and say, tell me how you did it again. No, you're going to sit with Jesus. You're going to sit with the Holy Spirit and you're going to ask him to allow you to find that path of permission for yourself because he has one with your name on it and nobody else can walk it except for you just like she said one foot in front of the other and we're in it with you we are in it with you um and so until the next time we get to share this space together i pray that you would as the bible says prosper and be in good health even even as your soul prospers that you would love well and live free and adjust your focus Y'all take care and y'all be blessed.